me today. And uh, so, uh, it's always nice to be had. Wait, yes. but you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, yeah. So, Mike, uh, you're a voiceover artist, on-camera talent, and uh, you're in the DMV area as well. I am in the DMV area. Uh, I'm in the Maryland suburbs in Montgomery County, and um, have uh, worked in various places around uh, the country, uh, different radio stations and so on. I've been to Maine, and I've been to Alaska, and I've been to... uh, uh, somewhere else and I can't remember but anyway it it doesn't matter that's all that's all something I used to do um, I don't do that anymore uh, I fell into voiceovers uh, after I was on the on the air at one of the local stations here in Washington and uh, started out with a client that uh, hired me to do some voiceover for their TV commercials and then one thing led to another and you know I just uh, was was very fortunate to meet people who would hire me uh, versus people in the radio business who would fire me. <laughs> right. I mean, what can I say? That's the radio business. Oh yeah. But uh, uh, you know, I I I really I really got a start in this. If you, I don't know how far back you want to go, but I just I just turned sixty five. And I actually started in high school with a, there was a little radio station that uh, a couple of buddies and I had built at uh, John F. Kennedy High School in Silver Spring. And in fact, it was the original WJFK, which then became a real FM station out in uh, Manassas, I think. But uh, uh, we started this little one-tenth of a watt station and uh, at some point, I guess I got the bug for radio. Uh, one of the guys I was friends with was also working part-time at a radio station in Tacoma Park, a little tiny one. And uh, he was doing an, uh, a Sunday morning show, such as it was, uh, for this college-owned radio station. And it was a volunteer gig, and he had one opportunity come up where he said, you know, I have to go to my aunt's 90th birthday party. Mm. Can you do my show? <laughs> and, you know, being 15 years old with braces on my teeth, of course, I said, uh, sure. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my exposure to working in a real radio station briefly. Uh, and then when I graduated high school, did a year of college uh, in communications, I went into the uh, Air Force to become a broadcaster for the American Forces Radio and Television Network, which is pretty much uh, any military base around the world that isn't in the United States uh, picks this up and it's meant to help troops keep up their morale and stay in touch with what's going on at home and so on. So uh, that that was a great service. I did some radio, did some television news, and that sort of thing. And then uh, I got my orders. Uh, orders were to go to a place called Elmendorf Air Force Base, which uh, I thought was in Germany. And I thought, oh, cool. You know, <laughs> Germany sounds good. And then they said, no, no, no. It's an anchorage. Oh, <laughs> no. My heart dropped, man. It was like, wow. Okay. 
So, uh, but you know, when you're in the service, you got to go where they tell you to go. Yeah. So, so, so like one of those, uh, you know, I always see those war movies, those military movies where they're like, you know, keep it up and I'll have you stationed somewhere and, you know, send you out to the Kodagak Islands. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. But, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I worked in commercial radio in downtown Anchorage while I was there. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty much sunk my teeth into the broadcasting business until I got back home, uh, left the Air Force and came back home, worked at a couple of radio stations here in the D.C. area. Uh, got a gig up in uh, Bath, Brunswick, Maine to run a radio station and uh, came back about six months later. Uh, didn't do a very good job of it, apparently, because they demoted me to the overnight DJ by the time mm. they got up with it. So started out as the program director and the operations director. <laughs> and by the time I left, I was doing the night shift. Uh, finally got the message. Mm. But uh, anyway, that's that's how you live and learn, right? Yeah. At 22 or 24 years old, whatever I was at the time. So um, that's kind of, you know, how I got started in this business. Um, uh, where where else would you like to go with that? How, how far do you want to go? Like I said, we can talk forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a voiceover guy, I would expect you to be able to talk forever. Um, Absolutely. Right. But, but yeah, uh, so... So right, right, so right after Air Force, right, you know, just right back into broadcasting. Yeah, I came back, worked at a little, again, another little tiny radio station in the very far outreaches of the Washington metro area. And uh, I was doing a morning show there, uh, working out of a trailer, which had an FM station that I was at, and then an AM station also at the same place, uh, broadcasting different programming. And uh, so it was, it was interesting being in a trailer with, you know, two people jocking on one end or the other. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, I learned my lessons. I, I got out of there and uh, came to work, uh, you know, in the D.C. metro area proper. Uh, somewhere around 1985. The radio station that I was at at the time uh, was WPGC, and WPGC was an adult contemporary uh, station before it went urban. Um, anyway, during the time while they were figuring out what they wanted to be when they grew up, they were adult contemporary, but they had hired a guy to program the station who really wasn't a programming kind of guy. He was more like a sales guy. Mm -hmm. If you can imagine working for a sales guy in the creative arts, it gets a little interesting. Yeah, I bet. So um, anyway, uh, a few months into his gig, you know, he walked me out the door and said, listen, I think you need to be out on your own. Um, you know, you've got, you've got an entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, I, I need somebody different in this role. Uh, and I said, well, thank you very much. And uh, that was that was about the end of uh, my broadcast career. I went full-time into voiceovers and then began teaching a weekend workshop and, uh, you know, coaching people and producing demo reels and so on. 
and uh, was doing that for, you know, all told, I guess, uh, 35 or 40 years. And about 11 years ago, I decided it was time for me to do something when I grew up and uh, decided that I wanted to learn more about the business side of things. And, you know, along the way, I was fortunate I'd been able to go to college here and there and finally accumulated a bachelor's and then another bachelor's and then an MBA. None of which I think gave me any value other than they're, they look good on the wall. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, the real, the real learning is done on the streets and out in the world. Yeah. in a classroom so that's you know that's kind of where I got started uh, uh, doing voiceovers was I, I had a client uh, who was using me on a regular basis paid many of my mortgages and uh, it, 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 it lasted for some time um, but around 1985 I started thinking you know I want to want to do something else in the commercial sector the business sector so I dabbled in real estate and I dabbled in mortgages and I dabbled in life insurance and this, that, and the other thing, just to get a sense of, you know, the, the various businesses that go into making a business successful. And along the way, uh, I ran into somebody said, hey, I know a guy who's trying to build a huge complex up outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey a sports complex for kids. And he said, you know, you're, you're dabbling in this stuff now. Uh, do you think you could find this guy money to build his project? And I said, well, how much is he looking for? He said, well, $350 million. Of course, after I pulled myself up on the floor, I said, well, you know, let me see what I can do. And uh, went to work trying to find funding. And this was this was just before the crash in 2008. So, uh, and I was still doing voiceovers, uh, just, you know, not on a, as, as much as I had been because my real focus had changed into this particular side of business. Uh, made it through the, the uh, financial crisis. And since then have been working on building up relationships around the globe with, you know, pretty high level finance people. Uh, where I'm bringing opportunities to them uh, to fund. So that is kind of like the other side of my brain that I've been using. You know, first the creative side and then the, I'm not sure which is right. Let's see, I'm left-handed. So which would it be the right brain? <laughs> right. <laughs> or whatever. Um, but that's, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, you know, occasionally do some voiceovers, do some on camera. I've got my little studio here with a green screen. And, uh, you know, when uh, I have a client come in, they I just recently did a series uh, uh, of training videos on camera for uh, uh, training corporate corporation, training production company. So, you know, my, my hands are still in it, uh, but my passion has shifted. Uh, into business and, and helping people get funding for projects that are going to do a lot of good, like uh, environmental and infrastructure, humanitarian projects. I've, I've, I've really got a heart for trying to work in that field uh, to help those projects get going. And, you know, what better way than to be, you know, working where the money is generated for these things. Right. So 
that's um, that's that's where I've kind of evolved into for now, uh, for this chapter of my life. Yeah. So, well, how um, you know, considering the quarantine now, how's that impacted you? And I mean, my first guess is, you know, as a voiceover actor, you're able to do a lot of things remotely. Right. You, yeah. Exactly. So, but uh. Mm -hmm. You know, generally, how how has the how how has the current state of affairs impacted? You've been impacted by that. Well, certainly, you know, working from my home studio in my office for the last thirty some years, there wasn't much of an impact on me other than I couldn't, you know, go out much, mm -hmm. uh, like we were able to before the crisis, before the virus. Um, so I can't say that I've had a major change. What I have noticed is the feeling the collective energy of people who are working from home for the first time and or, or, or maybe now even have been working for several months now. Uh, you know, I can only imagine uh, remembering back what I went through when I first started working for myself and out of my home. Uh, you know, it was scary. Uh, it's a very scary time for people, especially if they're only used to having a job or they're, you know, not used to uh, uh, being around the house as much as you know as as we are these days. Yeah. So you know, I have uh, you know my my wonderful bride is here working from home. She used to go downtown three or four times a week uh, to her clients, and uh, you know it's nice having her here. It actually almost feels like we're kind of semi-retired uh, to some extent. Uh, you know, it's it's nice not to have to put on a suit and tie and all this other garbage that we oh, yeah. have to put on. So from that standpoint, I, I actually, actually, Glenn, I see a, a lot of really positive things coming out as a result of this. Things that maybe people can't see right now. Yeah, because absolutely. Of the, the craziness. But there there is just a tremendous amount of opportunity uh for growth, for people, and for hopefully, hopefully for us as a society, uh, whereas humanity, you know, learning to to protect each other, uh, or to to, <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but to to ward themselves, you know, away from from those who might uh, infect them, right? If that makes any sense. So, you know, that's a major sea change, you know, gone or not gone, because obviously there are a lot of people out there who are, don't believe any of this and uh, they're running around, they're not taking any precautions whatsoever. And surprise, surprise, they're coming down with the virus. Uh, you know, and they insist all, all the way up into, well, it's like uh, Herman Cain, I think. You know, just a few days before he died from COVID, he was saying, you know, I think there's more to it. You know, it's not that big a deal. And uh, I forget exactly what his words were. I'm just paraphrasing it. But, you know, I, I thought, oh, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And we're seeing a lot of new, you know, trends and we're seeing a lot of you know, uh, I, I talk about it all the time on this show, you know, like different production hacks and different, you know, we as a society are always, you know, uh, 
adapt, improvise and overcome type of mentality, you know, most of us anyway, and we find new, new and better, simpler, you know, alternatives for, you know, still putting out the same message, but in a different, in a different way. Right. You know? And, and, and it's, and, and I couldn't agree more. I, th- I think that people more, I think more than less people have just put, you know, put it in, into high gear, even if it's just from home, instead of, you know, driving mm-hmm. to work or driving to set, you know, people have put it, people are putting 150% in now into doing the alternative routes for, you know, productions, for, for music, for, mm-hmm. for performing arts or, or in, uh, whatever it is that they're doing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and doing it on a zoom call with an orchestra doesn't exactly work very well. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't exactly maybe work. Maybe it well. does. I still haven't figured out how they're able to sync everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, um, you know, keeping yourself busy. Busy. What, what, what's, what's some stuff maybe that you've been binge watching or binge reading or binge studying? Well, my uh, my daughter and her husband who live with us. Um, have gotten into watching several series that are, I think, a little bit on the dark side. Uh, one of them, one of the ones that they've really taken to is Supernatural. And oh, okay. yeah, Supernatural. And then there's another one called Cursed. And then another one, In the Dark, which is about a blind girl who, uh, uh, you know, is. Uh, is pretty precocious <laughs> in trying to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen that show or not, but uh, uh, you know, and of course, you know, I, I, I try not to watch too much of the news because it's such a downer. Yeah. Um, and you know, I know that that's not the way the world is really. You know, this is just the micro focus of the the lens of the media on these bad things, but around it, you know, around us is all this good stuff going on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But that doesn't sell newspapers or get viewers to a TV show. Yeah, well, I, I, and, and I disagree because I, I just see so many, you know, so many apps, you know, so many, so many people getting views and, and, and so many, and, and, and so many entrepreneurs and, and social, you know, social media stars or influencers or whatever they're called. Just, just, just growing by, by focusing on the positivity. And I, and, and I think that the, I get it, you know, what's newsworthy is different on maybe CNN or, or Fox versus what a lot of people are putting out there. What I see on LinkedIn and what I see on Facebook is more yeah. positive, more positivity, more, you know, connectivity and more community based, yeah. you know, uplifting stories that, That's right. that, That's that, right. that you're right. The news should be focusing a lot right. more on that as well. Well, the beauty of the internet, which I, I still say is going to be really big one of these days. Uh, maybe the something maybe, maybe, maybe something to invest in, right? Maybe something to invest in, right? I don't know. Will people actually walk around with phones? Yes, of course. <laughs> it's... Um, how to describe it? It's It's... It's a question of 
do you how, how do you choose to look at something how do you choose to hold something in your mind when you're surrounded by all this negativity and i think one of the opportunities that's come about as a result of the quarantine and the lockdowns that we've all been under is that there's been a lot of time now especially since it's been what five months since we've been locked down yeah uh, you know there's been a lot of time for reflection for people. And I, I think, I would like to think, let me put it that way. I would like to think and hope that people are taking some time to really reflect and really, you know, get to, get to figure out uh, where they fit in the world, mm -hmm. especially the new world that's coming. And I mean, that sounds Idealistic, probably is, uh, but it would be nice to think that the positivity, as you described it on LinkedIn, that we're starting, of course, we're starting to see political stuff now on LinkedIn, which is terrible. But, um, you know, the, the, uh, the positive stuff definitely seems to be out there in a, in, in a, in, en masse, if you will, because of the power of the internet the leveling of the playing field. So in some ways, again, the, you know, while, while there are voices out there that, you know, you may find distasteful, uh, or there are ideas out there that you may find, you know, attracted to, uh, whatever it is, it's an opportunity, uh, you know, to, to move forward even stepping out in faith and not being sure where this is all going to end up. Will we uh, ever see the end of this virus? Yeah, we will. Will it be this year? Probably not. But, you know, I think that, that the impact on people and, my, and myself too, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I know, I know that what I've created for myself is a space where um, I can, I have the luxury of being able to take a meditation twice a day and spend time really deep, you know, digging deep into what's going on, looking at fears, looking at opportunities, looking at the positive, looking at growth. And, and, you know, one thing I started to do is really count my blessings uh, as a result of this. It's so easy to ignore what's right in front of you. I, yeah. Like you just said, you just have a kid. This is your first one, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. I've got, I've got three grown daughters. So uh, I've, I've been on your path before. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like you said, you know, and, and, and I've said this uh, probably, this is probably 50, episode 58 of the show. And I've said this 58 times on the show previously, you know, to me, the quarantine has given me and my wife an opportunity to just be to, to, to see every micro evolution of his birth. You know, when I was growing up and, 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 and maybe for you as well, I always heard about like the first word, the first step, the first word, right. um, maybe, you know, first day of daycare, first day of preschool, first day of kindergarten, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, more broader, you, you know, more you know, 
everything was just this first thing. But for us, it was such, for us, it was all these little micro first. It was, you know, watching, you know, coups and just, and babbling turn into, you know, almost a giggle. And then the giggles evolved into a laugh. And then the laugh evolved into chuckles and you know just him kind of like swatting at things actually turns into and he's not even walking yet but he's you know actually grabbing on things and he's actually grabbing our face now instead of just like smacking us you know he's actually you know grasping our face and and i think motor control yeah good deal but but for us you know it's just this has given us the opportunity to really observe all the micro evolutions and now and now, you know, we're, we're blessed to where there is a daycare that is, uh, you know, taking fewer clients. But luckily, we slipped in and we're, we're one of those clients that were like locked in. And yeah. it's like baby withdrawal, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like I said, you know, we were, me and my wife, luckily, we were able to take this, take the, to, you know, take the positives more than the negatives. And, of course, we miss, you know, we miss brunches. We miss happy hours. We miss... I miss set life. You know, she misses go. She's a teacher. She misses actually going to school. She's really frustrated with Zoom not working sometimes and things of that nature and technological technology just, you know, falling through. Well, I mean, this is everybody's learning this. It's kind of like when the Internet first came along and people were starting to do web design. Yep. And, you know, it was a big deal to be a webmaster. Yep. now it's it's nothing <laughs> right now I, you're you're absolutely right and i i designed uh i designed my own website <laughs> and it looks pretty and my wife thinks it looks pretty good i mean i think i, I haven't heard anybody else ups well, or downs <laughs> no this is you know it's all part of the growth process and yeah. you know you've got you've got wonderful opportunities with your son i'm are you gonna have more do you think or uh yeah we plan to yeah good good where do you live, by the way? And we're in Montgomery County, too. We're in Montgomery County. Because you said you're in Montgomery County, right? Yeah, I'm in Olney. Yeah, we're in uh, Potomac. Oh, okay. We're, so we're, like, we're right, right down the street, uh, uh, off of Dufif. Oh, okay. Okay. Or is that North Potomac? I think it's North Potomac, yeah. We're in North Potomac. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to put my exact address out there on, on the, on the, no, 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 I don't either. But, uh, absolutely. But it's, it's, yeah, we are very, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a great pathway, Glenn. You're on a, you really are blessed, uh, you know, especially in this time, maybe financially things are hard. I know they are for everybody and, you know, I've certainly been impacted. But uh, I think that we're going to come out a lot stronger as a result of this. Yeah, and you said and you said blessed. And I had a previous guest on here. He had a shirt with a hashtag blessed. And you know, it's it's hard to lock it down. And I've had this conversation a number of times where it's you know, was I was I lucky? Was I blessed? Was I blessed before to where I was able to jump into certain technologies and? I jumped into live streaming, you know, six years ago, five years ago, and that's, and, and I'm, I'm able to telework. I, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, healthily and, and well-employed during the, during the quarantine, doing live streaming, doing virtual conferences, doing virtual DJ sessions, virtual um, comedy shows, you know, things of that nature with a number of colleagues, you know, a bunch of, 
a bunch of corporate and, and industrial stuff, you know, vir virtual using Zoom or Google Meet, mostly Zoom. Um, but, you know, it's all live streaming now, you know, remotely. And but, you know, even even before then with the acting and with with all the crew, with all the crew gigs and all the acting gigs and, um, you know, I stepped out full time freelance, I want to say 12 years ago, maybe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. decided to pull pull the trigger on that and never, never went fully, truly broke. I mean, there were some hard times and there were some rough times. and It was rough starting out, but uh, <laughs> amen, brother. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's I, I, I can't pinpoint it really, except for just simply saying, yes, I am blessed. And, and there's. And because I'm blessed that maybe I was, I, 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 pers I, I uh, was persistent and I knew what I wanted to do. And I stuck to a career doing what I love to do instead of, um, you know, kind of having a fallback because if you have a fallback, you're going to fall back on it. But right. so maybe I was blessed with the intuition to having a fallback in an, which still leads me in a path that I of doing what I love of TV, mm -hmm. of film, of audio video, you know, mm -hmm. the live, the live streaming, I thought, okay, this could be a fallback, but I'm still in film and TV production. Right. Yeah. And you're just modifying your, your product, mm -hmm. you know, to fit what the market is looking for right now. Yep. And uh, you know, I think you're probably positioned very well to be able to offer that kind of service. Um, you know, certainly there are a lot of people who are out there, I would think, and this is just, you know, off the top of my head, I would think that there are a lot of people who have a business who have a, you know, have a need to reach their, either their customers or their employees or their coworkers or what have you, that maybe could use some help in terms of how to present a, you know, video streaming or stream live cast you know people it's it's confusing to them they think oh i have to know all about this and that and the other thing which of course you know you know about that mm -hmm. so let somebody pay you for the knowledge that's very good yeah. that's good which we are it sounds like very good Glenn. yeah and 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 you're you know like you said you're definitely blessed because you were into broadcasting and voiceover work and that's what they're that's what a lot of people are looking for now they can you, you nobody can go into a studio you right. know you, you, right and and so it, it's it's a, a lot of it is the production hack now where it might be it might be some animation it might be some stop motion with voiceover right is what i'm seeing a lot of anyway yeah yeah um i mean i'm finding it interesting uh you know that i've i've uh, been able to do some on-camera work uh, where they're doing a lot of chroma keying in the background. Um, and, you know, various, I guess, I haven't even seen the finished product yet. It's uh, it's still in post-production, but, um, you know, they're telling me it looks great. Uh, it must be okay because they paid me. So right. <laughs> that's always a good sign. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. That's the proof in the pudding, right? Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'll tell you, not only that, but if someone calls you back, then you're obviously doing something right. Calls right. you back for another gig, 
uh, or you know reprise your role or just wants to work with you again in some capacity you must have done something right mm-hmm. yeah and 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 that's and that's been kind of the formula for me is that um you know i joined the national guard like maybe nine or ten years ago and mm-hmm. that was like that was like you know part part-time part part-time mm-hmm. military but I took that, I, and not only did, of course, obviously, I knew what I was signing up for. I enlisted when I was 31, so I've seen all the movies, read all the books, seen all the news. You know, I was in my 20s during 9-11. I was in my teens during, you know, uh, early teens during, you know, uh, uh, Desert Storm and, and Kosovo. So I knew if I'm going to sign up for the military, I know what I'm getting into. Obviously, you know, want to do my part, serve the country for a little bit. But I wanted that as at first, just signing up, I wanted that as an opportunity to travel and get some get some real world experience, you know, for, you know, screenplay ideas, or if I'm going to work with a director, and it's going to be a military or cop show, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, have, I'll have some insight. But then someone said, well, dude, you can also play a cop or a detective, you can play a sergeant this or 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 major that. And so that's kind of what it turned in as well. And so just having done that and having that background, I keep, and I get called back. I must be doing something right. Uh, I must have made the right choice of going to my acting school. And Ooh. I, and I tell people like, Hey man, just typecast me. Uh, you know, cause like I said, I love set life. If I'm behind the camera or in front of it, I just love set life. I love, I love film and TV. I love producing because actors, I mean, just about everybody on set in one way or another, is the filmmaker is the producer everybody's collected i know there's only one or two people that are titled the producer but really we're all producing it and and, and we're well, all it's a, collab- it's a collaboration and as yeah. long as you understand that you know which leads to another point that you know if if there's anything that i've learned in the various things that i've done over my life it's the importance of mis- maintaining a open collaborative kind of relationship with the people that you're involved in. Um, I, for me, you know, it was clients that would hire me to do voiceovers. Now for me, it's uh, clients who want me to help them uh, obtain something on a grand scale. Uh, but it's all about the relationship. That's the bottom line. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's what it sounds like you're doing is you're, you know, you've got that, you've heard of the law of attraction and all this other stuff of the secret and blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, well, that's all true. The fact is that it's, it's true stuff and you're manifesting that, uh, you know, and that's the blessing that you're getting is, is, you know, you're the one putting out that this is, this is who you are and this is what you want to do. You know, you're very personable. Uh, we've hit it off and I still don't know you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I do, but, uh, you know, this, this is important. This is an important skill. I think, I think you're on the right track doing these programs. I think it's a great way to reach out to people. It's kind of like, do you ever read Napoleon Hill? No. Any of his stuff? If you ever get a chance, uh, think and grow rich. Napoleon Hill. Uh, he went around and he interviewed uh, way, way back in the early 1900s. He would go around and interview people like um, Carnegie and Henry Ford and, uh, uh, you know, other, other titans of industry to learn 
what their secrets were to their success. And he compiled this book called Think and Grow Rich, and it's as timeless today as it was when it was written 70 years ago or however long it's been. Well worth it because that's how you attract that stuff to yourself is by the way you think, you know, mm-hmm. how you think about yourself. So, you know, you're, you've, got a, you've got a passion for what you're doing and that's fantastic. You have to have a passion. Yeah. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, what help is there? You know, what hope is there? Yeah. There isn't there. Yeah. And, and so many times I've said, you know, you know, me and me and a number of my colleagues, we, we bump heads on different philosophies and different, and different ideas and, 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 you know, where, where our paths lead. And the, the biggest thing for me is that if you love, if you love your work, you don't work a day in your life. That's a timeless, like you said, that's a timeless saying. I think, you know, uh, that saying is way older than me, but it still yeah. stands today is because sure, you know, I, I'll get a paycheck and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm making enough, not only for us to survive, but for us to live comfortably. Me and the wife are both pulling it in plenty for us to not only survive, but live comfortably. But at the same time, the quality of life, that is another paycheck. That's another investment in yourself to where you're leaving that legacy that you want to leave. And you just love getting up in the morning to, you know, press play or press or press record or play pretend or talk. You just love talking into a mic or you just love, I mean, there's guys that make, you know, some chump change playing video games professionally. There's professional video gamers out there. Oh, I know. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) But, you know, You know, some of these some of these guys are pulling in a, maybe maybe a million a million a year because they stream their gameplays and they're getting that ad revenue and they're doing competitions and they're winning that prize money. But at the same time, you know, some year they're they're not making much, but they still love doing what they're doing and they're making you know they're making a fortune just you know not maybe not financially but just spiritually and sure. and and emotionally just doing what they love to do when you look to do it absolutely yeah it's, it's fantastic it's so fantastic. speaking of that what's what's next on the agenda from for for you what's 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 your next set of goals six months to a year what's what's the, the next um, the next thing for me is as i'm working in this um this finance industry uh what I'm hoping is to be able to accumulate enough wealth that I can then reinvest it into projects that also will be of benefit to society. Uh, whether that's uh, you know humanitarian prom- projects, uh, it may be infrastructure projects. You know, it could be it could be any one of a number of things. Probably uh, real estate, environmental those types of projects, things that are going to benefit the, the globe as opposed to, you know, just one or 10 people's pockets. It, it needs to, needs to be something that will do good around the, the entire area that it serves, whether it's local or international or what have you. Um, I'm not sure I answered the question, but. No, it does. Yeah. Some, um, well, you're serving something bigger than yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. That's a good way to summarize it. That's right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think, you know, when I, when I hope to be able to get to a point where I can give back 
and obviously I'm giving back to, you know, the wife and the kid and I'm raising a family mm-hmm. and, and that mm-hmm. comes, that comes first, first, first and foremost, always. But, you know, at some point it's got to, you know, you know I want everything that I do at a, eventually at some point where I can give back and I can, and I can build something that, you know, will benefit others above, above and beyond, you know, just entertaining and, you know, filling it, filling my bank account. You know, I want there to be, you know, I was always kind of cautious, you know, they say um, those who can't do teach, but at the same time, you know, maybe this podcast can kind of teach and, and, and promote. I mean, obviously I'm doing this podcast because I want to grow my viewership and grow my channel, but I, sure. but, but first thing came to mind, what are other, what are other artists going through? What are other, you know, freelancers, gig workers, artists, filmmakers, you know, what are they going through and, you know, share stories and, you know, what I've seen. And, and, and I think I'm lucky in a, a couple of these episodes, my guests have been able to, sh- you know, share that, share the episode they're on and it's helped promote them. And obviously it's going to help promote me. And so it's this kind of, uh, what pressure cooker. That's what it is. It's this pressure, it's this pressure cooker that, uh, that, that we can use and, and instead of, you know, being used as a, as explosive device, it's used to just, you know, expand out and, and, right. and sort of thing and, and, and build everybody. And obviously I want to get more guests as well and get more episodes and continue. To- exactly. Of course. And, you know, you're learning an incredible amount. That's one of the things that I loved about doing narration when I was full time. I loved learning new stuff. Yeah. So every time I would read a script, I would, you know, and there were some scripts I read that I didn't want to know about the things that they were able to do. But, you know, <laughs> the, for the most part, I mean, I just learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like getting a free education every time you're handed a script, because it's usually hopefully it's it's well written. It's been researched. There's data, uh, you yep. know, and information that's more real. Uh you know, that's, 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 that's an education for me. And, you know, I think, I think if anyone's going to come out of this as a creative, they need to be able to see, or they, they should, they should see that they have within themselves, the thing that they need to do to move in whatever direction it is that they're meant to move in, whether it's for money, whether it's for, um, you know, the joy and the expressionism and the ability to, you know, apply creativity, whatever it may be, uh, you know, all of that comes from within. And, you know, I just want to circle back to why, you know, my, my feeling about what has been going on with the virus is that it actually is, it's kind of like we've been put in cocoons and we're now growing. Uh, and, you know, when a caterpillar goes into a cocoon, it probably hurts a little bit as it becomes a butterfly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same process that I think that we as, as, as humanity right now, in many ways, you know, are like we're, we're wrapped in a cocoon and something is cooking within that will come out on the other side. And I believe it will probably be quite beautiful. Yeah, and and to go, absolutely. 
you know, all these different gigs, you know, you're learning something outside, you know, right. of, of, right. of audio, video, film, TV. And, you know, for once I got into this live streaming, it was, you know, the, the, the first critique someone gave me when they were hiring me, they said, listen, this is, this is boring stuff. This is not going to be, you know, fun, fancy, pretty film mm -hmm. and film and TV. It's, it's, it's corporate industrial stuff. It's boring. And I said, Hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm all about learning new things, learning new crafts. But for one, one example, I, I did this gig and I think it was, I think it was, you know, live streaming this convention for tax law or something. And every time, you know, some, every time, well, well, you know, right now doing it from home, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm kind of bored, you know, I'm just, you know, technical, technically directing and producing and switching and, and whatever, but then something with the SBA loan will pop up and I'll like start taking notes or the PPP loan will pop up. I'll start taking notes on that. But there was this one gig I was working. It was about tax law. This lady was up there. She was really intense. She was talking about something. And I wish I jotted down what she talked about, but it sparked this idea. I was working on a side project, on a passion project, where I had to take all these, I had to take all these uh, pictures and I had to edit them, but eventually they were gonna go into a, into a film and, mm -hmm. either be, and either be black and white project, with a projector effect, or they were gonna be sepia. And it dawned on me, I, I might as well take the raw, 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 um, sketches the raw the, the raw pictures that there's that i'm getting and make them black and white already because then blacking making them black and white i'm only dealing with two two colors black or white it's way easier for me to edit the photos because mm -hmm. i'm going to dump them in the final cut anyway and they're going to stay black and white or they're going to stay sepia but they were you know they had all like you know two thousand colors of the color spectrum in there and i had to like dabble with all these different colors and it was a nightmare well, if I make the if I make the picture black and white now, and I, I forget what the lady was saying about tax law, I think it was I think it was even to make it even worse, it was medical healthcare tax law, oh or, or, or or something as bizarre as that. But she but she said something, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Just make all these pictures black and white. It's way easier to edit them because when I dump them into the program anyway, they're going to be black and white or sepia anyway. So. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, you save the master anyway, right? So right. you can always go back. You can always backpedal to the raw footage before right. you convert it. So exactly, exactly. So like, like you said, and then not only do you learn things about medical healthcare tax law, mm -hmm. but but the way that they're trying to simplify things in healthcare tax law gave sparked a totally different idea on how to simplify something in. Photoshop and then dumping Photoshop into Final Cut. And yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's like these little sparks and, 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 and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it does. It, it fires off your cylinders, your creative cylinders when yeah. you hear something. And it may be the most, you know, outrageous healthcare tax law. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, um, yeah. You know, we, we, we kind of touched upon it a little bit already, but what's your view of the new normal? Well, I go back to thinking that we've got an awful lot of new opportunities that we're facing. Um, challenges? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going through challenges. Uh, 
the new normal for me is really because of where I've been for the last 40 some years, it, it's not really new to me. It's normal for me to be working from home. It's normal for me to be, you know, doing, doing my, uh, my business from home. Uh, I used to like to go out and meet people, but now of course we can't, but that's okay. Meet people on zoom. Um, in many cases, that's, that's even a better, better, better than meeting in person because it's more efficient. You can meet with more people on zoom. than if you yeah. meet them in person, you know, cause then you got to deal with the conversations and this, that kind of thing. And, you know, next thing you know, you're talking for two hours and you're like, wait, I could have had five conversations. I don't, I'm, yeah. No, but but you're but you're right. I mean, think about how many more people you can meet in the time it took you to drive to that, you know, coffee shop, that Starbucks or that bar that or that restaurant that you were going to that happy hour, you're going to sit down and meet with these two people and then drive back. You could you could zoom with, you know, two people before. Right. And, and two more people and it turns into six people that you were able to meet in one day as opposed to just two that's right that's right yeah and i mean there may be a business opportunity for you glenn <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and 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 like you said and now there's and and well but now there's less traffic so it's not gonna it's not gonna take you as long to get to that place to meet those people but those people ain't trying to come out anyway so it's all about zoom right now and yeah, zoom you know maybe you should create something called zoom dating yeah. <laughs> they're doing that oh are they yeah they're doing that yeah yeah uh a, a couple, a, i'm a little out of games so. yeah i mean i a couple of friends of mine they, they talk about how they're still using tinder to you know meet people but then they meet on but then they'll have like their first zoom date or their zoom happy hour with each other or whatever and yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of me and my my friends, me and my wife are sitting down and doing Zoom happy hours with her friends and my friends. And and that's that's how people are doing their first date, I think, is on Zoom. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think it's, it would be nice to have the human touch, the ability to shake somebody's hand or to, you know, have a hug. Uh, you know, all of the things that we're accustomed to as human beings that we've been stripped of temporarily. Uh, you know, these are, these are things that, you know, we, we, you know, what it reminds me of somebody who has, has, when somebody has a disability like blindness, it, there's a tendency that their hearing becomes even more acute because that's really the only input that, uh, the only other input besides touch, taste, and feel, that's the only other input that they have, they don't have the visual input. So the acuity on the, in the uh, sound area, the hearing area tends to go up. People are very good at hearing things who are blind for the most part. Now, unless they're blind and uh, you know, deaf, but uh, uh, and I forget what the hell the point was for that. Well, <laughs> well, I think, uh, well, I think yeah, I, when you're 65 years old, you start, your mind becomes like a Swiss cheese. You just kind of drop into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think because we can't leave the house. So our instinct is to like jump on something 
jump on that other sensor, you know, start using the computer and start you know, <laughs> zooming and Skyping and, and, and FaceTiming. And then that becomes second nature. Um, you know, I had to, I had to drop the kid off at daycare today and it's like, wow, I haven't driven in a while, mm. but the sensories are going off. I'm taking my kid, me and the kid, me and the kid are outside the house and I'm, and so I'm spotting those speed limit signs and I'm staying exactly on that speed limit. And, you know, there's some people tailgating me and, mm. and I'm like, whatever, I got the baby on board thing in the, in the back window. So, but it's like, you know, the sensories, you know, now that I haven't done that in a while, now I'm back at it. And now that I, I was blind, but now I can see and I'm like, and everything is so sharp and I'm paying attention to so many things that maybe I took for, you know, maybe I wasn't, you know, you know, sometimes when you when back when we were driving all the time, and sometimes you notice you, your mind kind of goes on autopilot driving if you're listening to a song and somehow you didn't get into a wreck. But now it's like, you know, you know laser pointer eyeballs on the road mm-hmm. and all the signs and the, and the, the, and the senses are heightened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. I've been going, my, my hearing has been diminishing for years, ever since playing loud rock and roll top 40 music in my headphones while I was on the radio. And uh, that, you know, that pretty much started me down a path. So I just recently got hearing aids and they're really good hearing aids. Uh, I'm hearing stuff around me that I was totally unconscious of, mm-hmm. wasn't hearing it. Uh, so it's like my hearing has become more heightened as a result of amplification, but the effect is that I'm hearing things that I couldn't hear before. Yeah. Um, you know, and in some cases, some, some of the sounds are a little annoying, but for the most part, it's like, wow, there's a whole world of sound out here. If you can hear. Yep. Uh, so that's, you know, f- f- along the lines of what happens, you know, if you're blind, do you, you know, does your hearing increase? Uh, or if you're, you know, deaf, does your vision increase? Uh, you know, what, or maybe none ha- nothing has to do with anything. It may just be the, that's our perception. You know, that we seem to hear better when we have our eyes closed, mm-hmm. which actually is an interesting point. I had a coach that I worked with in Los Angeles back in the early 90s, and she said uh, uh, the, um, the voice is the gateway to the mind. And she would always close her eyes while I was narrating something and she was in the, in the booth being, re- you know, recording. And uh, I always said, wonder why is that? Well, it's because when you close your eyes, it, it, it enhances your hearing and you can hear more clearly what's going on. And particularly if you're hypersensitive to it, you can hear what the voiceover person is feeling at the time that they're saying the words. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 that makes sense. And, and I find that I've done that editing and if I am splicing music or I'm splicing sound effects or, or what have you, or trying to sync or trying to sync dialogue and, and like, I, I'll, I find that I close my eyes to listen, to see. You know exactly it, what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then of course, you know, I'll watch it, I'll watch it and see how it all came together. But there's times, 
and there's a lot of times where I'll close my eyes and, and see if this all sounds right. Does it sound good with your eyes shut, you know, sort of, I, I guess. But yeah. I just got a call coming in. Sorry. It's okay. We're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> no sweat. No sweat. Well, is there, is there a last point, last bit of advice that you'd want to, uh, you know, put out there to the audience? Wow. I can think of all kinds of cliches to say, but I think that probably the best thing that you can do is, you know, be gentle with yourself, be nurturing. Don't allow the fear to get to you. Uh, in fact, I'll leave you with this parting thought. I have on my desktop, computer desktop, uh, uh, one of these memes that came up. And what it says is that ships don't sink because of the water around them. They sink because of the water that's in them. So the advice is don't let what's going on around you get into your boat, sink your ship. And I thought, you know, I'm paraphrasing it, probably not very effectively, but I think you get the idea. Absolutely, yeah. That makes, yeah. per- that makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. Don't let, yeah, don't let what's happening right now consume us. Right. Yeah. The water isn't, the water's around us. All the craziness is around us. But if you bring it onto your boat, you're going to sink. Yeah. So that's, awesome. that's, my, that's my parting shot. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Touches awesome. it. In. Outstanding. Outstanding. Are there any, uh, how about uh, any socials, links, plugs you want to put out there? You know, um, not really, because, you know, I'm in such a, a unique industry that uh, the general public wouldn't wouldn't have any reason to want to know more about me. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I'm I'm pretty focused on a, a very, very small audience, um, you know, of in, in these days of typically, you know, extremely wealthy people who I'm working with. Uh, so. You know, they're they're not going to be looking on social media for me. Okay. If they find me, that's great. Cool. (laughs) Oh, I did. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, you know, I mean, LinkedIn works great. Yeah. Well, I... I, Doing the crazy stuff. Well, I do still have, uh, was that nakedvoice.com? Yes. On there. That's that's still up there. Uh, Um. You know, I had a little ad agency that was part of the group uh, that I was doing, this, uh, the image generators. But, you know, I'm, I'm not really promoting those as much these days as I am about this other business. And that business doesn't really focus on anything to do with consumer or even small business to small business. It's, it's you know, high level, high end corporate stuff. Well, that's fair. Great. Yeah. Well, Awesome. Well, Mike, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your thoughts and ideas. Glad to do. Yeah, yeah. You, sound, you sound like we could be buddies at some point. <laughs> awesome. Well, you, apparently you're right down the street, so eventually we're going to have to link up. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. One of these days when they let us out of our caves. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, thanks again. I can't thank you enough. And to, uh, to my viewers, I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and viewership. I know my guest has. And until then, you know what to do. Thanks again.